Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. Ida came out onto the porch and stood next to Tom. Judge, she said cordially, go on and put that rifle away and stop making a fool of yourself. Ida's words punched him in the chest. Judge once again looked at the ground. He searched his mind for thought and logic, but the only thing there was a simple narrative that told him he was worthless. Why are y'all doing this? I'm your first cousin, Tom, and y'all just made my daughter marry her second cousin. marrying each other? Is that what's got you all upset? Ida looked directly into Judge's pitiful looking eyes. Well, ain't you the pot who done called a kettle black? Ain't your second wife your cousin? I didn't want any of this for Lenny. I've been trying to save up enough money to move her and the rest of the family away from here. You know as well as anyone in this town that thanks to them Quinny men, every Negro around here is related to each other. Ida reminded him. This kind of mixing goes all the way back to slavery. Our family's been working these plantation fields for generations. And them Quinny men been spreading their seeds to the women folk for just as long. Judge was quiet, his voice escaping him. What we got to do, Judge, is what's best for all of us to make it in this here world we live in. You know, as good as anybody, that the lighter your skin color is, the better treatment you get from white folks. The only way to make it in this here world and for our future generations to survive is to be doing like we always been doing. This sort of hitching up that Curly and Lenny is doing has been going on long before either one of us opened our eyes and took our first breath. The only thing we doing is following tradition. Nah, what's wrong with that? Judge said, Oh, my great-granddaddy on my father's side is from Virginia. He told me he was born on a breeding plantation during slavery. He said... He saw some of the most awful things. They bred Negroes like cattle. Said they made fathers breed with their own daughters. And that they made the sons breed with their own mothers. They did it to make stronger babies to sell. He said that. Judge stopped talking because his words got trapped in his throat. Those were slavery times, Judge. And we didn't have no control over nothing like that. This is a new day, and we get to have a say-so. Listen to me, Judge. I got plans for the future that's going to work out for everybody. Now, 
There's been talk about how all the mulattoes and quadrums that were around here then moved away to Mississippi. I done heard they working on starting a colored town of nothing but Negroes with lighter complexions. If that happens, then we can be a part of it. We can build a school in an old colored town. One of us can even be a sheriff. Maybe you, if you decide to get in at the start. Think about it. We won't have to worry about sharecropping no more. We can grow our own crops and sell them just like everybody else. Now, what's so bad about doing just a little bit of breeding so that we can make a better life for ourselves and our children? All our souls are going to burn in hell for mixing bloodlines like we are. That's what my great-granddaddy told me. He said that the babies that were born on those breeding plantations came out with the, the, the deformities. They came out looking like the devil. We already in hell. As far as I know, I ain't never seen no baby come out the way you say you done hurt, said Tom. The best that we can try to do is make a living in the hell we living in. The best we can do is try to make everything as comfortable as possible. Curly, bring Judge a jug of moonshine out here. It'll help him do a lot of forgetting. A moment later, Curly came out of the house and walked down the porch steps and handed the jug to Judge. I'm going to treat Leonard real, real, real good. I promise to keep us safe, too, said Curly, stammering over his words. Judge paused, set his rifle down, and took the moonshine from Curly. He pulled the cork out of the jug's mouth and then took long gulps. There is something dreadful when a man accepts the notion that his only purpose on earth is to experience suffering. Wiping his lips with the back of his hands, Judge hoped the liquid would work quickly to numb his emotions. Judge noticed Lenny Gray standing on the porch. Her arms dangled at her sides, her shoulders were slumped forward, and a forlorn expression blanketed her face. You okay? He asked in his small voice. The scent of moonshine and the sting of it sliding down his throat and splashing in his belly brought out the small man in him, the one who was weak, piteous, and lived life on his knees. I guess so, she answered. Her words were unsteady and lacked certainty. Now, go on home, Judge. They married now, and she's got a baby on the way. We all family. Ain't no need us to be carrying on like we are. Lanny Gray is going to give us a grandbaby that's going to have pretty skin color and long hair just like her mother. I'll make certain the baby knows not to take up with anybody darker than a blade of straw, said Ida, hoping her words would bring some comfort to Judge's pride, or what was left of it. I'll come by later and get you. I'm going to cut you in on a business I'm doing with my brother. Sheriff Quinney, we've been doing it secretly. What business you got with him? Judge tried to change the tone of his voice. He wanted to sound big, even though he didn't feel that way. I make moonshine for him. 
and lots of it. He said the boys who are coming back from the wall only got one thing on their minds, and that's getting drunk so they can forget about all they saw over there. I'll make sure you get a few dollars for your time. I know you ain't going to turn down money. How come you getting special treatment? Why are they paying you for the work you do? Judge asked, trying to keep his mind and thoughts clear before the moonshine clouded his ability to think straight. Judge, do you want in or not? Or do you want to stand here and ask questions all day? Tom had grown tired of talking. Oh, I want in. Good. This thing will probably only last until the war is over. Then I'll have to find something else. Especially since my brother say that this is supposed to be the war that end all wars. He say, those boys over there fighting for our freedom and way of life. Oh, my great-granddaddy fought in the Civil War. Said he thought he was fighting for freedom then. Last year, the town sheriff down in Shreveport, Louisiana, called him and said that he had robbed the general store. My great-granddaddy was old. His back was broke, and he was blind in one eye and couldn't see all that good out the other one. He couldn't steal his ass if his hands were in his back pockets. Didn't matter though. They took him to prison, put him on a chain gang, and worked him until he dropped dead. There was a long, silent pause as Judge gulped down more moonshine to numb out his feelings. We ain't free until we dead, Tom. Lenny Gray felt as if a boulder had been placed in her chest where her heart was supposed to be. There was a heaviness there now, and it saddened her. She smeared tears that had pooled in her eyes before her father could see them and catch a glimpse of the grief she felt. Well, I guess you know what you're doing, Lenny Gray, he said with his small voice. He couldn't bring himself to raise his head and look directly at her. Instead, he focused his gaze on the jug and then turned on his heels and headed back down the road. Lenny Gray watched as her father's silhouette faded. The moment marked a shift in their relationship, and she knew that something had broken deep inside of him. This is Earl Sewell, author, creator, and narrator of the audio drama Lenny Gray, which I hope you've enjoyed listening to as we close out season one of this podcast. However, don't worry, sit tight. Season two is just around the corner, and we'll be back in the lives of Curly and Lenny Gray again. Before I go, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge all of the countries who have downloaded um, the podcast, and there are a number of them, and here they are in no particular order. The U.S., Canada, Argentina, India, Hong Kong, Spain, 
England, Italy, Sweden, France, Nigeria, Australia, Germany, and South Africa. Thank you all for taking the moment to download the show and listen to the episodes. Again, Season 2 is just around the corner, so sit tight and relax. And also, subscribe to the podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, you will be alerted when all of the new episodes are uploaded. Don't forget, leave us a review. Your reviews, ratings, and comments help others to find the show. Also, it has been my true joy and privilege to read to you this story. So, again, Season 2 is coming right up. And also, if you want to binge listen to the first season again, I won't tell anybody. Happy listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Marshall Turner's life is a dream come true. He has a successful law enforcement career. He's married to a woman he passionately loves. And he has a daughter who makes his heart swell with pride. Then, in the blink of an eye, tragedy strikes when Luther Parker, a drifter, kills Marshall's beloved daughter and flees into hiding. But living as a fugitive is never easy, especially since Marshall and the police had launched a massive manhunt to track him down. But Marshall has to decide whether to bring Luther to justice or have his vengeance. In Have Mercy, the national best-selling and award-winning author Earl Sewell delivers it all with his riveting tale full of intrigue and suspense. Download your copy of Have Mercy today exclusively on Amazon.com.